your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we are breaking down all the analytics of the Iowa versus Kent State football game. We're going to talk about Spencer Petrus. Has he improved from last year? Or has he stayed the same? We're talking about that. Riley Moss, how poorly did he actually play? And were there any underperformers on this defense outside of Riley Moss? There were. We're going to talk about those. And what is this defensive line rotation and these snap counts telling us about where some of these guys fit into the picture going forward? We're also going to talk about the offensive line because we are seeing some interesting things on these snap counts. Some true freshmen getting some big-time playing time. We're talking about all that on the show today. And just a reminder, Fran McCaffrey did speak to the media. We're going to be breaking that down tomorrow we're also going to be breaking down Kirk Ferentz's press conference on the show tomorrow as well so stay tuned for all that again this is a daily show Monday through Friday free on all podcast platforms and YouTube also just a reminder there is no better place to get all the news in the Big Ten than the Locked On Big Ten podcast with Nate Dickinson follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at Let's get into it, though, y'all. Let's talk about some stats. Spencer Petrus is the biggest thing we probably want to talk about. But before we get into any of that, I want to quickly tell you that Iowa did land another commit in the class of 2023. Iowa City prospect Ben Cooter, he committed to both Iowa wrestling and Iowa football. That's huge for several reasons. One, this kid, a four-sport athlete. He's on my top 10 football team. He's on my top 10 track team. He's a state champ at 160 pounds. Likely going to be wrestling a bit higher this year. And he has four offers for football at Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, and Missouri. He chose to commit to the Iowa Hawkeyes. And this actually helps out both programs. Iowa gets a fantastic, the Iowa football team gets a fantastic football player. And the wrestling team doesn't have to use a scholarship. And they also get one of the best wrestlers in the class of 2023. That's huge for both programs. Is it going to be difficult? You better believe it is going to be difficult to play both those sports. But nevertheless, a big-time commit for the Iowa Hawkeyes in both football and in wrestling. Also, Iowa remains at number five in the AP poll. Again, we've talked about this every week. This doesn't really matter a ton, but it helps give you a gauge of where the national perception is of the Iowa Hawkeyes and where possibly they might end up in the college ball playoff rankings. Right now, Iowa 5. That's totally good. Just keep doing your business. You will move up as the season goes on if you continue to win football games. That starts with beating Colorado State. It starts with beating Maryland and then getting a very tough test against Penn State. Now, we are almost three and a half minutes into the show. Let's talk about these analytics. Spencer Petrus. Every single game, we have to talk about Spencer Petrus. Why? It's because he stunk last year. He was a dumpster fire the first couple of games. Arguably, him and play calling are the reasons we lost to Northwestern and Purdue. Now, that being said, since those two losses, Spencer Petrus has won nine straight games. It's also worth mentioning that in three games this season, two against amazing defenses, top 25 teams in general, fantastic defenses, Spencer Petrus has thrown two touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's also improving his completion percentage. This past game was the highest completion percentage he has ever had. 
a seven, almost a 70% completion percentage. His best before this was 64.3. That's a big difference. And his adjusted completion percentage, which would take away drops, which he had one drop in the game, or a wide receiver had one drop, should I say, and take away throwaways, it would have been 78%. Easily. Way better than his previous, previous career high and completion percentage. Now, that being said, a lot of fans are upset. I was not taking a lot of shots downfield. It was a very, very horizontal passing attack. And when you look at his time to throw, 2.37 seconds, there's two reasons for that. He is making decisions quickly, but they're also very easy decisions. Balls getting out of his hands quickly, bubble screens, slants, drags, etc. Um, dump offs the running back. He's making his decisions quickly. And also these are plays designed to get the ball out quickly. Iowa, outside of that Nico Regani pass, not really targeting anything down the field. That pass, Nico Regani, though, was pretty darn good. Now, if you remember, it's easy to forget, Nate Stanley missed a lot of deep passes. Spencer Petrus is making progress. I can promise you that. Now, it may not seem like that, but he is making progress. And one of the things, we talked about this with LaShawn Daniels yesterday. If you haven't listened to that show, make sure to check out our post-game recap with LaShawn, um, a phenomenal analyst, uh, doing a great job kind of helping me break down some of these Iowa football games. That was part of the game plan. They did not need to go deep. Kent State, although their defense has been pretty bad all around, they do have some solid ball hawking corners. Iowa chose not go deep that much. They did a little um, kind of a little stutter and uh, wow, messed that up. A stop and go, a little a stop and go with Nico Regani to get him open. But outside of that, not really going for any explosive passing plays. They kept it short. They kept it simple. They wanted to get some rhythm to Spencer Petras. They wanted to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. Now, what I expect is they get done with Illinois, or they get done with Iowa State. They get done with Indiana. They're looking to figure a few things out on offense, keeping it short. I expect them to open it up a little bit more against Colorado State, show a bit more wrinkles before they go into a game against Maryland. Now, for those of you out there saying Spencer Petras still is a bad quarterback, I can see why there is PTSD from what happened last year. But overall, he is winning games. He's keep taking care of the ball, which is something that can't be said for other veteran players on this Iowa Hawkeye squad. And he is improving a little bit. He has not had that many turnover-worthy throws. Yes, he takes too many sacks. But if you compare his passer rating last year, PFF's grade of Spencer Petras last year, 58.5. Bad. This year, 79.5. In most of the games, he's actually ranked in the top five for offensive players. Now, I'm not going to be the one that says PFF is the gospel. It is everything you need. But I do think PFS provides some context in certain situations. Again, not the gospel. Film doesn't lie. But some of these advanced analytics do help us paint a story, which is why we talk about them every single Tuesday on the show after every single game. So moving on from Spencer again, I think Spencer is getting better. Not that bad. I mean, I think we could have a worse situation. Now, I want to see continued improvement. I want to see them open up the playbook a little more. I want to see them take some more shots. Let Charlie Jones go deep. He's one of the fastest guys we have on the team. Keegan Johnson is the guy who can do that. Let's get Arlen Bruce the ball and creative opportunities like we saw with Amir Smith-Marset as a true freshman. Let's open up. Let's get some more end arounds in there. We saw some really cool things in the running game with kind of some misdirection, that pitch to Tyler Goodson that he took outside and, and took to the house. Let's see a little bit more of that against Colorado State. Um, arguably the worst team on our schedule that we're going to be facing. And then let's get ready for Maryland. 
So again, Spencer Petras, not the problem here. At running back, we talk about ball security. Ivory Kelly Martin, two fumbles on six attempts. He ultimately gets benched for Gavin Williams. And Gavin Williams, I thought, looked very good, both running the ball and receiving the ball. We need to have someone who can reliably go in there, keep the ball in their hands, and spell or at least give Tyler Goodson a break. We need Tyler Goodson to be healthy the entire season. Iowa likes to have a running back by committee approach, but when you have a guy like Tyler Goodson, you got to give him the ball. But when we can, we need to give him a breath. He has a long season ahead of him. We need Tyler Goodson to be healthy for this offense to continue to get going. And Gavin Williams showed me some things that I thought were really impressive. Most of all, in the passing game, catching three balls on three targets and getting some yardage there. And also, I thought he ran pretty well as well. Ivory Kelly Martin is going to get his time back. He's a veteran guy. Some of these fumbles, the, one of the fumbles, I, I agree. Someone posted on the YouTube comments, you know, it was, a, it was a tough hit. Agreed. Sometimes you just can't do things about that. But that factored into the fact that he already has two other fumbles. And then against Iowa State, when he landed on his back, he just, the ball went up. That does get concerning. Iowa cannot afford, with the way this offense is working right now, which is not at 100% capacity. It is not operating at peak level. They cannot afford to turn the ball over. Their defense is forcing and creating a lot of turnovers. Justin Jacobs with his second forced fumble in two weeks. It helps, but this offense cannot afford to turn the ball over, and especially running the ball. You cannot put the ball on the ground if you were an Iowa Hawkeye running back. Ivory Kelly Martin having a bad day, having a bad couple weeks. We talked to LaShawn about this. He will get it going and figure it out. We're going to continue talking about the offense um, here in a second. I do want to tell you about our sponsors of the show today. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They offer literally any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you were taking Spencer Peters to not throw an interception, you have been winning a lot lately. All of our users, all they need to do is deposit and use a promo code. We're going to get that to you. We haven't gotten it yet, but we will get you a promo code soon. I promise you there's probably going to be something like locked on. You'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, pick as many players you want, two to five players, and over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers, and you can mix sports as well, basketball, football, you name it. You can mix those things across. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And of course, you know I have to tell you about rockauto.com. I personally love rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure up pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have the computers to access rockauto.com. Use their awesome website, save some money, and put some time back in your life as well. I went to rockauto.com. I bought two engineer filters. It saved me $50, took me less than five minutes, and they were delivered directly to my door. It is the perfect place to get any of your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
All right, y'all, we are getting into segment two of our Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on any podcast platform and YouTube for free Monday through Friday. Let's get into it, though. We talked about Spencer Petrus on segment one. We talked a little bit about the running backs. Now I want to turn our attention to wide receivers and our blocking. Wide receivers, first and foremost, Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson finally got involved in the game. We've seen one target to them to this point. This game, we saw four targets total, and Arlen actually got his first catch for a first down for six yards. You're seeing these guys get a bit more involved. Tyrone Tracy's snaps are not going down, as they shouldn't, but Nico Reganis are starting to get a little bit closer to that range of Arlen and Keegan. In this game, Nico had 34 snaps, Arlen had 19, and Keegan got 16. Jackson Ritter, a guy who many are not familiar with, a walk-on wide receiver who's had a couple catches in a couple games, he only got five snaps. So clearly Iowa was trying to get some of these freshmen in in a moment where it wasn't as high of stakes. I expect to see them get more involved against Colorado State. Again, Tyrone Tracy Jr. and Nico Regani got a lot more opportunities in this game. And something we didn't cover was the fact that Tyrone Tracy's catch that was overturned was absolute garbage. These referees have been bad. They were bad in this game as well. But nevertheless, not a huge deal. I'm not going to complain about it anymore. And again, Gavin Williams, he's showing that he can be a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is very exciting. But the thing I want to talk about the most is the offensive line. Now, Kent State's defensive line, not exactly anything to write home about. Iowa's offensive line only allowed three pressures this entire game. Nick DeYoung, Connor Colby, and Cody Ince. Looking at these pass blocking grades, nobody graded out below 63.1. That's pretty good. Mason Richmond, the retro freshman, 87.2. He was the highest pass blocker of the day. Tyler Linderbaum right behind him at 83.5. And Nick DeYoung at 80.1. Run blocking, Connor Colby at 87.2. Cody Ince at 82.2. Tyler Linderbaum, always consistent, 80.7. Mason Richmond, 62.1. And Jack Plum at 48.5. Now, I've talked a lot about Jack Plum. Anyone who's listened to the show multiple times knows I have not been a fan of Jack Plum's play. So anytime I can kind of point out what I've been calling since last year when they said Jack Plum is probably going to be the starter, I said this is not a good idea. And in a season, he has proven time and time again Jack Plum is not ready to be the starter. Mason Richmond, there has been growing pains, but this guy is a dude that we're going to be watching for the next couple of years. Another guy that I'm really excited about is Connor Colby. And when I look at these snaps, here's the breakdown of snaps. Tyler Linderbaum, 71. Mason Richmond, 71. They both played the entire game. They are not coming out. Clearly, the staff trust both those guys. Obviously, Linderbaum, but Mason Richmond being out there the entire time is huge. Nick DeYoung, 62 snaps. All right. Not too bad. Cody, it's 53. Connor Colby, 50. Remember, we started out the season. Kyler shot is, was, and is going to be the starter. He's been injured. He did play this game, though. Okay. Had a couple snaps. Had 19 snaps total. Had a solid day overall. 72.3 overall grade. 71.3 against the run. 78.5 against the pass. Justin Britt, only 24 snaps. And Jack Plum, 12 snaps. Iowa likes to rotate offensive linemen in and out but they are still trying to figure out what the best rotation looks like. And I think there are firmly six guys who have the best opportunity to make this offensive line solid. It goes Linderbaum, Richmond, actually Linderbaum, Schott, Cody Ince, Mason Richmond, Nick DeYoung, Connor Colby. And I would actually, and we've talked about this, I would actually love to see Connor Colby get a few more snaps. He's listed as our backup right tackle, but a lot of his snaps were at the guard spot. 
Again, they like to rotate guys in and out. Justin Britt has been really good in run blocking, not as great in pass blocking. Connor Colby has had his ups and downs, but for the most part is graded out as one of the better blockers on this team. With Kyler Shot coming in, you know he is going to get those lion's share of the snaps. But could Connor Colby spell Cody Ince and maybe Nick DeYoung as well? Or could he even take Nick DeYoung's job? Nick has had some solid play here and there, but Connor Colby has that potential. He's a true freshman and showing that he belongs here right now. His future, in my opinion, probably at right tackle. Nick DeYoung's not necessarily at right tackle, in my opinion. The other option is Cody Ince could move over into that right tackle spot. We know that he has the ability to play all five positions. We could see Cody move to the right tackle spot. He got a few snaps there and move Connor Colby inside before eventually kicking him outside uh, years down the line. There's a lot of opportunity here, though. I think we're really starting to see what this offensive line looks like, and we're going to see this offensive line coming into fruition. Against Colorado State, I do not expect Kyler Schott to play more, again, than 19 to 20 snaps. They're trying to get him game ready. They do not want to rush him back too early. They do not want to get him injured, and especially when you have the opportunity to continue to develop these younger guys like a Connor Colby like a Justin Britt. You have to take advantage of that. I think Iowa has a good problem to have. And I think the best line going forward will be Tyler Linderbaum, Mason Richmond, Cody Ince, Connor Colby, and Kyler Schott. I think Nick DeYoung should be getting 20 or 30 snaps a game, similar to what we saw from Mark Kallenberger last year. Maybe flipping left to right. I know that's tough for a lot of guys to do. Tristan Worps is able to do it, but maybe doing Tackle, guard, flipping in there, going inside a little bit on the right side. That could be an option for him. We do want to get Nick some snaps. I think he is capable of starting for us. Obviously, he's been starting for us, but I want to see Connor Colby get more snaps going forward. He's been one of our more consistent blockers to this point, which I think is phenomenal to see. That's my take on the offensive line. Coming up on segment three, we're going to get into the defense and really talk about this defensive line because coming into this season, we had Y.A. Black, Y.A., we had John Wagner, we had Jackman Valkenberg, and we had Noah Shannon. The snap counts, though, painting a little bit of a different picture. We're covering that all in a few moments. We do want to tell you, though, about betonline.ag because they are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to that website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a one 100% welcome bonus when you use our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get a 100% welcome bonus with that. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. This is just a reminder, if you haven't done this already, please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to wherever you downloaded this podcast at. If you haven't seen us on YouTube, definitely check that out, especially the episodes with LaShawn. Fantastic episodes. Again, we're going to continue to get better on the YouTube channel, right? We're going to get some graphics in there. We're going to start showing you some stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun here. Still working on growing this channel and growing the stuff we provide to you from a visual perspective as opposed to just looking at me talking to you. Right. So all that stuff's coming. Um, and again, if you haven't done this already, please make sure to subscribe. And if you haven't done this, give us a five star review as well. If you like the show. Now, let's get into it. Final segment talking about the defense. Let's kick it off a defensive line. So I'm going to list out the snap counts because this is going to be very telling here. All right. 
Zach and Valkenberg leads the team 45 snaps. Behind him, John Wagner at 39. After that, you have Joe Evans at 36. Noah Shannon and Logan Lee tied at 33. Lucas Van Ness, 32. Y.A. Black, 20. Deontay Craig, 19. Ethan Herkett, 7. Isaiah Bruce, 4. And it kind of goes down a little bit more from there. This is interesting to me. Again, we started off the season. Y.A. Black was the starter. He has struggled a little bit. I talked about this on the show before. And clearly, the team, the coaches, feel like there are other guys who can get better pressure. Lucas Van Ness has been phenomenal to this point. I have really enjoyed watching him. An undersized guy has done a really good job of that defensive tackle spot. So has Logan Lee. And Joe Evans is really coming on strong. It's interesting to see how they are getting him involved in the game, especially when you have arguably your two best defensive linemen play those edge spots, Zach Van Valkenburg and John Wagner. Joe Evans, though, is coming in a lot of passing downs, and he's doing a lot of very outside the tackle, so very spread out. And we're sliding Zach and John in a little bit at times, which I think is very interesting as well. That NASCAR package has been kind of fun to watch. Not as much as we've seen in the past, but still, nevertheless, it's there. But what's interesting here is, again, Noah Shannon, another guy who I actually picked to be a breakout guy. A lot of guys compared Noah Shannon simply because of where he was at in his progression of his career to Davian Nixon. To this point, we have not seen that from him, but we've seen consistent production from some of these younger guys. This is the defensive line that does not have to change anymore. This is a defensive line that does not need to have four guys go to the NFL next year, which is very exciting. And yet we are seeing pretty good production from this team. Now, Kent State, again, this offensive line, we talked about it going into the game. In true pass sets, Kent State's offensive line, nothing good to write home about. They are a very porous offensive line. That's why Kent State uses so much RPO. They use so many short passes to get the ball out quickly. But when they got down, they had to open it up and throw the ball deep a lot or throw the ball a lot. And that accounted for Iowa, accounted for 17 pressures collectively. Zach and Valkenberg had three. Lucas Vaness had two. John Wagner had two. It kind of goes down the line here. Joe Evans kicked it off with four pressures. He really has been crushing it as of late. And seven sacks collectively between this team. But again, when you look at the snap count, it's Zach, it's John, Noah, Lucas, Logan Lee, and Joe Evans. Those are your main guys right now. We're going to see Deontay Craig continue to get in there a little bit. We're going to see Y.A. Black still get in. He's a monster there. And obviously, Ethan Herkett, I know he uh, went out with an injury a little bit, but he's been pretty solid as well. But that's really interesting to me to see what this defensive line rotation is beginning to look like now that we're three games in the season. Again, the goal is to be ready for Maryland. Typically, you have three warm-up games or two cupcakes in Iowa State. Iowa did not have that luxury this year, and yet they were able to survive against a good Indiana team and a very good Iowa State team. Now, they had a tough Decent MAC team, actually, in Kent State. And they get Colorado State next. I expect them to really tune things up. And Maryland is where we're going to see what this mainstay rotation is going to look like, barring terrible performances. Which, speaking of terrible performances, Riley Moss had a horrendous day. Now, I've been here always defending Riley Moss. Riley Moss gets a lot of hate because of a couple bad games. If he started, well, I want to say 25 games, he's had four horrendous games, and they're 21 he's been pretty darn good at. Coming into this season, he was ready to be an All-American, essentially. That's how good he was playing. This game against Kent State looked like he was sleeping half the time. I mean, we talked about LaShawn. It was bad how he played. 
And that's why you saw Terry Roberts get some snaps as well, getting 11 snaps in the game, having some solid pass, pass coverage sets. Riley Moss, though, a 50.5 grade, two missed tackles, and allowed over a over allowed 111 yards on four catches. Not a good day. I expect him to be locked and loaded and ready to go come Colorado State. Again, when we talked to Celia Palermo of WQAD, she mentioned she thought Kent State was going to be a team to watch out for, a team that was going to catch Iowa after two ranked games and take advantage of that a little bit. Now, overall, Iowa played a solid game. There was definitely things they wanted to improve on. But Riley Moss was probably the main player who woke up and was sleeping on the field, essentially. He was not ready to play. Expecting to be ready to go, though. That's a wake-up call for him as he gets ready to play Colorado State. We also saw our first Xavier Williams sighting, the Northern Iowa transfer, who we were really excited about, has not really gotten in the game. But as Iowa is winding down the game, Xavier Williams got four snaps, so it's exciting to see him get in there a little bit as he begins to pick up this playbook. At the linebacker position, this is what I thought was the most interesting development. Justin Jacobs has had a phenomenal opening start to the season. Two forced fumbles, one at the other side of the goal line, the other at the goal line where Kent State was about to score. That was a huge momentum-changing forced fumble. Justin Jacobs has been really good, and he actually outsnapped Seth Benson. All right. Jack Campbell has 65 snaps, had a 71 passing coverage grade. Seth Benson had 29 snaps and a 59 grade in coverage. Now, a few folks have said that Justin Jacobs has struggled in coverage. I disagree with that. I'm going to go back and watch the tape again and look at it. But so far, I've been pretty impressed with Justin Jacobs and how he's able to utilize his skill set to shut down parts of the offense. And Phil Parker has really used him in a lot of different areas. Covering the tight end that splits out wide, rushing the passer, and being a run defender as well. He's done so well in that. In 30 snaps, three rushed the passer, 13 in coverage, and the rest were in run defense. And again, force that other fumble. Justin Jacobs is starting to out-snap Seth Benson. I think what's really happening is that when Iowa is in that 4-2-5 and a true passing down, they're putting Justin Jacobs in. And why not? He has shown that he deserves to be in that game. If you can get all three of those linebackers snaps, and if we run a 4-3 at any point, having all three of them is not a bad thing to have. This is a good problem to have. Justin Jacobs really exploding out, and I'm excited to see what he can do going forward. The last thing, Dane Belton, he has struggled a little bit in coverage, allowed that touchdown against Kent State. He's allowed nine receptions on 12 targets in coverage, 91 yards and two touchdowns. I'm going to have to go back and look at the tape there, but Phil Parker is happy with what Dane Belton is doing. Otherwise, he wouldn't be getting 65 snaps in this game. Team high. So I'm going to go back and look at the tape and talk a little bit more about Dane Belton. But overall, defensively speaking, outside of Riley Moss's struggles, the defensive line got pressure. We saw a lot from this linebacker group. And I'm getting pretty excited about this defense. This is the top 10 defense. It is going to be a top 10 defense. And that's what makes me feel better about this team going into Big Ten play here in a few weeks. That does do it for our show today. This is the final piece of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast on this Tuesday morning. Please make sure to tune in tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down Fran McCaffrey's press conference. We're going to be breaking down Kirk Ferentz's press conference. Lots of things we're going to be covering on tomorrow's show. We're here Monday through Friday, free. Every podcast platform you can get at. Every time you get on YouTube, you can check out our show as well for free Monday through Friday as well. We're usually dropping our YouTube shows the day before. So if you want to listen to the show earlier, we're dropping YouTube usually at night. We're dropping the podcast in the morning. Again, thank you all for tuning in. If you want more Locked On content, you have to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game anymore if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. 
Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast app. And that will do it for our show today, Hawkeye Nation. I appreciate you tuning in. I love the support and the listenership. Let's keep it going. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.